Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. In this episode, I sit down with Clay Cockrell from OnlineCounseling.com. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big changes. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and today on the show, I have an incredibly action-driven, action-oriented, resource-packed episode with Clay Cockrell. Now, Clay has been a practicing psychotherapist for about 25 years now. He has done work in Manhattan, in New Jersey, where he lives currently. He's done work online while he traveled the world, and he's had the pleasure of speaking with and working with people all over the world on all of the different things that they are struggling with. He's the founder of OnlineCounseling.com, which is a directory to help you find a counselor or a therapist online. He's also the creator of Walk and Talk Therapy, a unique approach to therapy where you take a walk with your therapist and get out of the office. He's also the host of the podcast Finding Therapy, where he walks you through step-by-step how to find the support that that you need. In today's episode, we break all of this down. We look at uh, why there is a big stigma around therapy. Uh, we look at why it's so difficult to find a good therapist, someone that fits your needs. We look at a process for evaluating your therapist. When you finally do find someone and you're in the office with them, how do you actually make sure it's the right fit? How do you actually make sure that this is the person you want to spill your guts out to? He's going to break that down for us. And We look at why taking a walk with your therapist might actually be a good idea. Now, this episode has been broken down into two parts, so be sure after you're done with this episode, be sure to listen to episode 537 when it airs, if it's not up already, uh, to hear the second part, because you definitely don't want to miss this full conversation with Clay Cockrell. Now, with all of that said, let's get into part one. Okay, so I am sitting down with Clay Cockrell. Clay, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Greg. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Super appreciate you being here, and I'm really, really excited to jump into this conversation. One of the things that um, has always stunned me, I guess, about counseling is, and this is something you talk about on your podcast, uh, Finding Therapy, is just how difficult of a process it actually is, right? It seems like it should be straightforward, like, oh, I'm struggling with something. I need to get help. I find help and and that's it. 
but yeah. there's all this like internal stuff from the individual there's the overall process of finding someone that is is also really challenging um i'd love to just start out by hearing your thoughts on sort of the overall value like in your mind as a, a therapist as a counselor like what is the value of therapy why should i or someone else really be considering it in the first place well, I think that um, nowadays we're very good about taking care of our physical health, mm-hmm. but mental health is just as important. And the value of therapy, from my perspective, is that when we put a vocabulary around our inner world, and it's not just up in our head, but we put some words around it and tell it to another person, mm-hmm. another person who is trained, who is open, who comes to this process without judgment, um, it, it's it borders on magical. It helps us understand when we try to get someone else to understand. And, mm-hmm. and I talk to people like we, we all have a monkey on our back. It's that thing. It's that thing that we struggle with, whether it's depression, addiction, anxiety, we all got that thing. And it comes to the point of how much longer do you want to live with that thing? And what would it be like if we could take that thing and remove it, manage it, make it in a, into a better place. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what therapy does. It's, uh, it's uh, incredibly effective. But like you said, the key is finding that therapist that is right for you. Mm. What's um, something you just said really stuck out to me, uh, this idea that trying to get someone else to understand something really helps you to understand it. Um, that's something you I've heard as, uh, like when you teach somebody something, right, it really solidifies it for you. Would you say that that's a similar effect? Absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. Why do you think that that is? Why is this process of explaining things so valuable for us as humans? It's just when, when it's up in our head, it's this huge, nebulous, foggy, gray thing. Mm. But when we put words around it, and we begin to explain it, it becomes manageable. It, it takes it out of our head, out of our mind, and it brings it out into the real world. And then we can handle it. Then we can look at choices. Um, I had a, um, a medical student once as a client, and she said that um, there was this process of learning in, in surgery. Is you observe, st- Step one was to observe the surgery. Step mm-hmm. two was to perform the surgery. And step three was to teach the surgery to someone else and that three-step process locked it into place and and i think that 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 idea of of putting words around it teaching slash telling someone else uh that you trust is it helps us manage what's going on so it's almost like when you first sort of take something in when it's in your head, whether it's an experience or something you're you're learning, it's sort of this tangled ball of yarn in your head. And in order to explain it to somebody, you have to find that lead and pull the, the, the ball apart. Right. It, it happened to my wife and I just the other night. We were talking about, I don't know what it was, but this phrase that came up. Now that I'm talking about it, and that, that idea that now that I'm talking about it, and now I'm, I'm thinking of it in a different way. I didn't realize that we actually could do this. It's that now that I'm talking about it, phrase and idea, that is the, that's therapy. (laughs) 
Interesting. Fun uh, little side note here. If you ever write a book, now that I'm talking about it, would be a great name. Um, <laughs> that is a good name. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk here for a second about the stigma around therapy because uh, yeah. this is it's unfortunate that this is still there uh it does seem in recent years to be getting less and less maybe it's just a generational thing uh but where where did this stigma come from in the first place why do people look down at therapy and counseling ah uh, there's so many reasons i think when it started out my field we looked at the very sick people the schizophrenic the bipolar the severely depressed these were people who were really, really struggling. And then it came to the idea of, if you are in therapy, you must be one of those people. Uh. And when in reality, I think everyone can benefit from psychotherapy uh, because, again, it helps you understand what's, what's going on. But, but it was originally uh, targeted toward the very, very you know, psychotic Mm -hmm. and, and very, very sick people. It's interesting, about 10 or 15 years ago, researchers out of uh, Harvard and University of Pennsylvania said, you know, in, instead of studying the sick people, let's, let's study the happy people <laughs> and figure out what they're doing right <laughs> so that we can begin to emulate that. And so now there's this whole field of, of studying happiness and uh, I think we're learning a lot about what can make a, a person happy. And, and so mm -hmm. there's this whole spectrum in therapy of dealing with the people who are very, very mentally ill and compromised to the rest of us who are the, the walking wounded, the people who have mild depression, mild anxiety, maybe mm -hmm. struggling in their relationships. Those tools work across the spectrum. Right. And the truth is that everyone goes through some kind of trauma, right? Like whatever Absolutely. that means for them. Um, and as a result, everyone, it, like most people probably aren't facing the trauma that they're going through because they probably don't even think about it that way. And it's unfortunate that there's this stigma around it because it seems like so many more people would benefit from uh, talking to somebody. And as you said, like going through that process of on nodding everything that's in their head. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a lot of things that come. Um, there's there's the stigma. There's the embarrassment. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, particularly among men, to show weakness, to sit down with another person and talk about their struggles. We're taught to be strong, right. um, but I, I think everyone struggles with uh, with a with something that's holding them back. Whether it's the stigma, people are going to think I'm crazy. Whether it's the embarrassment of saying out loud what they mm -hmm. are struggling with, um, uh, fearing that people are going to judge them or that the therapist is going to judge them. Uh, but yeah, I think that, that everyone can benefit because you're right. We all have a thing. We all have some kind of trauma, some kind of difficulty that we're struggling with. And sometimes we've gotten so used to it. It's just part of our identity. It's who mm -hmm. we are. And it doesn't have to be that way. Have you actually seen... Uh, an increase in sort of the acceptance of it societally, societal-wise? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've been doing this for uh, 25 years. And at the beginning, it was it was very secret and shameful. And now, of course, I'm in Manhattan and, and everybody has a therapist and you'll be out at dinner and go, well, my therapist says this and well, my therapist says that. And it's just, you know, it's out in the open. Right. People it's are almost even... a meme at this point. Yes, it's a, like a meme. <laughs> 
Really, really. What? Um, so when you started, you've, you've been doing this for 25 years. When you started, as you just said, it was uh, shunned and, and looked down upon. What made you want to practice? Uh, I love stories. <laughs> I love stories. I think we as a species, we ever going back to the cavemen, we needed to connect with one another through story. And um, I remember sitting around my grandmother's table and she and her sisters telling these amazingly funny, self-deprecating stories. And so I was, I just was always a good listener. Mm. And I um, just, the way I was built, I never had judgment. I didn't judge others. Um, I just kind of accepted people that were all struggling. And so I was kind of built for this field. Uh, interesting. It, it must be nice when you sort of find something that you're just wired for early yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. That. Why is, um, just to, to keep this, this train of things going before we pivot here, why is finding support so difficult? Huh. Well, it's not like going to a dentist or a chiropractor. Um, it's, it's very specialized and, and therapists are very good at what they do, but they're not necessarily very good at explaining what they do. Um, but each therapist is different in their approach. There are therapists out there that specialize in adolescent depression or, uh, anxiety and postmenopausal women. And it's, it's, it's hard to say, and sometimes the person, the client doesn't necessarily know, they just know they're uncomfortable and they don't feel so good. So they don't know all the mm. clinical terms of, Hey, this is actually obsessive compulsive. And I need to find somebody who has extra training in obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh. So that it's, it's really hard to find that, that, uh, that therapist. And then there's this sense of, I, you need to find someone that you connect with that you're going to build a relationship with, that you trust. Um, and there's all sorts of different schools out there. I've, I've got a journalist friend who said that when he looked at a story, he's looking to, um, if he's reporting on an incident, he's looking for the who, what, when, where, why, and how of the mm. story so that he can then take that and, and write his article. And there are therapists out there that really focus on the why. How were you potty trained and what was your relationship like your, uh, with your mother? And, and that's kind of psychoanalysis. Mm -hmm. And then there are therapists more like me who are more focused on the what. What is it that you are struggling with today? And then how do we change it? It's, it's more solution focused. It's more mm -hmm. almost coaching in that I'm going to give you some tools to deal with it today. So there's, there's a spectrum of specialties and then there's a spectrum of approaches and for the layperson to navigate all that it's it's especially when you're struggling mm -hmm. and then you add in insurance and location right. and it's just it's it's hard yeah i i could see so you started uh a solution to to help people find that support online right 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 i've been doing um online counseling for probably about five years. And what I noticed is that, let's say I was working with a couple and the husband needed his own individual therapist. There really was no place online to go find therapists mm -hmm. who were working online. Because uh, in my field, we're, we're a little backward. We're being uh, forced in the current pandemic to work online. 
but before that we were reluctant uh kind of traditional in our approach needed that office and that couch right (laughs) um so i created this uh directory where a therapist will list their practice and then you as a client can go there and say okay i want to work with um a male therapist who specializes in let's say uh, career issues and their approach is x y and z and you put all these filters in there and it spits out these names of people who are going to meet your need and then you can contact them and and kind of interview them and find that connection so that's the that's my little directory project i'm kind of proud of what's how do you how would somebody get to that it's at onlinecounseling.com onlinecounseling.com um so where uh let's let's say somebody's listening to this they've been on the fence right they maybe know that they need a little bit of help but whether for the stigma or cost or or whatever it might be there's something holding them back but you've just pushed them over the edge where should they start what's the first thing that someone should do when trying to find the right support for them well i think you want to go through a few questions um well, let's back up. The, at the, the directory, uh, mm-hmm. we do have uh, the podcast you mentioned that will take you through the step-by-step process of what to do when finding, when looking for a therapist, where to look, where not to look. Because, you know, I'm proud of my directory, but there's a lot of other ones out there, particularly psychologytoday.com mm-hmm. is a, a really great directory. And that's for face-to-face and online. Um and there's there's a couple of places. One I suggest not looking is Yelp, uh, and maybe not even Google, because mm-hmm. those are skewed toward you know therapists that have really good great websites and right. do great search engine optimization, which you know is great. But um, so looking at a, a directory is really the way to go. And then in the podcast we take you through the process of how to search, how to evaluate the different profiles. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the questions you want to ask yourself is, you know, what, what is, if you have health insurance, you know, good for you, um, you can contact your health insurance and get a list of names of therapists that, that accept your plan. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of a basic starting point, but you can use that on the directories too. You can search by insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also want to think about, you know, what kind of commitment do I have to this? because it, it, it can be uh, a commitment. Generally, it's once a week. Um, sessions are 45 minutes to 50 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to ask yourself, uh, how difficult is it going to be for you to participate in that? Because if you find this great therapist and they're, you know, uh, a 45-minute commute, are you going to be able to do that once a week? And, right. um, so to, to make it as convenient and as possible and set yourself up for success is going to be important. Okay. Once you, how would you go about evaluating? Uh, you mentioned a process for that. Break that down a little bit for us. Okay. So here's my kind of quick and dirty way. So you put in your filters, let's say at psychology today, and they spit out 50, 75 names of therapists that meet your filters and criteria go through first it's okay just to look at the pictures to to connect with them because the picture is going to tell you um how professional is this person how are they approaching their business their practice if it's some Mm -hmm. selfie that's grainy or they look a little odd and weird and 
just keep moving. You can filter those people out. It's like, I'm not going to work with them. Or if they, some people don't even put a picture up there. I'm like, no, no, yeah. I'm not going to deal with you. Um, then um, start clicking on those profiles and going inside. One of the ways that I begin to whittle down that list is if they have a website, I, great. That means that they are approaching because it'll list, you can email them, you can uh, phone them, or you can um, click on their website, their own personal website. If they don't have a personal website, move on. It tells me that they are not professional, they're not treating this uh, as a business. Mm -hmm. um, and then, then it gets to be a little bit more personal. Um, let's say this person has, um, like me, 25, 30 years of experience. Well, that sounds pretty good, uh, but it also may be that they're stuck in their ways and not up on some of the right. most recent uh, approaches. Um, somebody that's just out of school, you go, oh, well, they're too young. Uh, they don't have enough experience. Yeah, but generally they're going to be able to, under supervision of a more experienced therapist, and mm. they are closer to their education. They are closer to more of the up-to-date approaches. So you have to go, am, am I more comfortable with somebody who has been doing this for decades, or am I more comfortable with somebody who is brand new, fresh, energetic, and really close to their education? Um, and then you want to look at the education. Is this somebody that went to um, you know, a respectable school? Or is this somebody who uh, went to, I don't want to disparage any of the online educations, but you know, you, you just evaluate, does this person mm -hmm. seem like? And then there's a way to read these profiles of, are they getting continuing education? Are, they get, are there other certifications that they went to this conference, that they've got this special uh, degree or credential? Mm -hmm. You want to see that. Is there any requirement of continuing education or is it just yes. sort of if you take it seriously? Right. Yeah. Um, most states require that you get so many hours of continuing education mm. to continue to be licensed. Got it. So um, what about once you're... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. But one of the, the final things then that after you've evaluated, you know, their, their location, their education, all this other stuff we just talked about, um, there'll be a bio section, uh, a profile, just some text. Mm -hmm. And you want to read that last and see if they're speaking to you. A lot of therapists will say uh, too much about themselves. Mm -hmm. I like working with adults and children. I got this special training. I enjoy. It's I. I it's all it's like they're talking about themselves too much. But if they're really good at what they're doing, they're going to be talking about you. Right. I know what it's like to feel stuck. I know what it's like to not want to get out of bed in the morning and I'm here to help you. So you want to read that and see if you resonate with them and then go to their website and, and dig a little deeper on, on their approaches, on their experience. Um, and, and just see if you've got that connection. Then next step, you want to do that and come up with about three, maybe four names that feel good. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. these people seem like they know what they're doing. Then I tell people to embrace the shopping mentality. <laughs> you, know, you are shopping. You are hiring a professional. You wouldn't hire a plumber that you, know, you didn't trust. You're hiring a, somebody to work on your life. Um, so you interview them. You call and say, I'd like to request uh, like a 10, 15-minute consult to mm -hmm. ask you some questions and learn about you, tell you a little bit about me. And, and, and see if over the phone you can get that connection that this is a person who has worked with your issue before, 
who um, you know you 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 have a rapport with, and um, you know you begin to whittle that three or four name list down to one. Mm. So that's my little process of finding that perfect therapist for you. And what about once you get into the room, whether physically or virtually? How would you go about, or rather, how would you personally recommend evaluating whether or not it's a good fit in sort of the long term? Uh, excellent question. One, one is you want to take what I call your mood temperature. You know, how mm -hmm. are you feeling? Because you're going to be, um, you know, if you're not used to this, you're going to be a little nervous. You're going to be apprehensive. But is this person able to to get through that and make you relaxed and make you comfortable? Do you? innately feel like you can trust them that they know what they're doing you know so you're you're evaluating yourself and how you feel in that situation knowing that you're not going to feel you know you're, you're going to have your own struggles because you're, you're going through this process but i want just kind of how how are you feeling take that mood temperature and then you know are they um approaching this professionally expect that when you get there it's going to be a lot of questions it's going to be a lot of forms that first session is going to be a little awkward expect that so mm. that that happens so you want to give it a few uh sessions to see you know am i making progress and can i trust this process uh before you make the call you know what i'm just going in the wrong direction here i need to restart my search and and that's okay it's 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 not ideal but it, it's okay versus I spent two years with this guy, never got anything out of it, wasn't helpful. You know, you, you don't want to do that. Got it. Is there, um, and, and uh, at the risk of minimizing this a little bit, uh, I find that whenever I start something new, whether it's a TV show or a project I'm working on, there's always like a three, let's call it a three episode minimum, right? Is there something <laughs> like that, like a three session, five session, 10 session, uh, like at the end of this, you should know situation, or is it just a constant evalu evaluation? That's, that's interesting. I think, yes, it's a constant evaluation um, because you, you want to be, asking yourself is, is, is am I getting better? Do I, mm. is, is this working? Um, but yeah, you want to give it the good old college try of at least three, maybe five sessions mm. to where you're, you're getting into a rhythm. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, both, but certainly don't quit before three, give it right. at least three. That's it for part one of my conversation with Clay Cockrell. If you found this valuable, I highly recommend that you connect with him. Head over to onlinecounseling.com. Listen to the podcast, Finding Therapy. Now, be sure to tune in to episode 537 because we will be continuing this conversation with Clay. And be sure to tune into 538 where I'm going to summarize what I've learned from this conversation. So make sure you come back, make sure you share this with somebody in your life who could use it, who might be looking for therapy right now, who maybe is on the fence, they want to try it, but they feel a little weird about it. This episode could be the thing to push them over the edge. So give it a share, give it a subscribe wherever you are tuning in. Thank you so much. And as always, remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day.